Google just announced the biggest update to its search engine in pretty much forever. This is massive news for marketers, particularly those who generate significant volumes of traffic for their websites or their businesses from either organic search or paid search or shopping. So today we're going to be unpacking what we know about this new search engine, how it works, and most importantly, how your business and marketing needs to prepare for this to be widely rolled out to people all over the world. There's also a second update though. The first bit is all about AI. The second update is not about AI at all, or at least not mainly. Um, and this has sort of flown under the radar because the AI announcement understandably dominated discussion. But had Google announced this thing separately, it actually would have been quite significant. So we're going to be covering that as well. Let's go. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Page. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen. I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja. We are a digital marketing agency that help our clients generate more leads and sales online. And that's exactly what this podcast is here to do as well. So today we're talking about Google's new AI search engine. If you've been following the world of search and AI, then you'll know that back in very late November when ChatGPT was launched, there was lots of talk about would ChatGPT be stealing search traffic from Google? Plenty of people on the bleeding edge on Twitter declaring that they never use Google anymore because ChatGPT is so awesome. Then came Microsoft embedding ChatGPT or integrating it with Bing. Now Google had a legitimate rival and there was all sorts of talk about would this be the end of Google's dominance now that it had an AI enabled competitor in Bing and would it lose loads of market share? Well, since then, Google has really been playing catch up in the world of AI. Lots of predictions about the demise of Google. So people were looking at its announcement at its developer conference with keen interest to see how would Google respond and what would it do to its search engine product to try and maintain its dominance and monopoly status. Uh, dominance. I'm not implying that Google has a monopoly, of course. Lawyers, please don't. Anyway, they unveiled some pretty big uh, stuff. So let's sort of unpack it. First of all, what does the search engine look like? Well, if you want to have a look at the video versions and picture versions of this, then you can head over to the Exposure Ninja YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search for maybe Exposure Ninja Google AI and you will find the video version of this. But I'm going to explain it to you anyway. So you imagine the ordinary Google search result where you've got the search box at the top where you type in your query and then underneath that you have some links. Now sometimes the links are ads, sometimes the links are um, ads and then websites, uh, you know, sometimes you've got like local panels and stuff like this. Well in the demos that Google has been showing, there's been a new box at the top which says generative AI is experimental. So it doesn't actually label it, it just tells you that it's experimental. And this is where they're putting the AI piece, okay? So there's a big block of copy, which I guess is kind of a bit like a featured snippet. You've then got some websites which are linked at the side of this on desktop. So towards the right hand side on desktop. And then underneath those, underneath all of this whole block, then you've got some follow up questions, suggested follow up questions. So in this regard, it's a little bit like Bing chat, right? With Bing chat, you have the sort of chat answer integrated into the search results. Pretty similar thing with Google here. Now you can click to expand this generative AI section and it will take you through so you can dig deeper and have a look at other websites which corroborate some of the information in the generative text. But how this is basically working, the, the demo that Google used um, is a question, what's better for a family with kids under three and a dog, Bryce Canyon or Arches? 
Okay, so what's better for a family of kids under three and a dog, Bryce Canyon or Arches? Now, this is a fairly complicated search that Google in its current state would struggle with because there are a whole bunch of different sort of sub searches here. So if you were going to be carrying out this search on a regular, you know, on regular Google that we all use today, you might say, you know, Bryce Canyon for kids or Bryce Canyon dog friendly or Arches dog friendly, Arches kids under three, Arches terrain. You have to sort of do the chunking yourself and work out what the individual questions are that make up a complete picture for this answer. Whereas what Google is trying to do here with its generative AI is allow you to just ask the question that you have in your head in plain language, and it summarizes all of this information and presents it to you so that you can make a clear decision. So the answer that's coming up at the top, even though it might look like a featured snippet, and even though there are what appear to be reference websites next to it, this answer is being um, compiled by Google's large language models. In the main or, or, or partly its new large language model called Palm 2. And what this is doing is taking all of its understanding and knowledge that's built into this large language model and answering it. So providing the answer to the question, just like ChatGPT does. There's been a lot of misunderstanding, I think, about the websites that are being linked uh, in this generative AI section. Some people are saying, you know, these are websites where this information is taken from. That's not true at all. The information is taken from Google's large language models, which have understood all of the information on the internet and compiled it. And these websites are simply corroborating the information that Google is presenting. So these aren't direct references. Now in Bing chat, Bing sort of claims to directly reference them, or it looks like a direct reference or a citation because it links next to each statement it links through to the website. I don't actually think those are direct references, they are direct citations. I think it's probably a similar sort of thing that's going on there because sometimes when you click on one of the references, it doesn't actually contain the information that that statement, you know, claims. But anyway, that's kind of beside the point. So we've got this generative text at the top, um, which does its best to answer your question. Then it has some suggested follow up questions that you can just click or you can ask a follow up question yourself, which then takes you into a more conversation conversational interface, which is a bit more like, uh, you know, the Bing chat one where you can ask your own follow up questions and stuff like this. So it remains to be seen exactly which searches will trigger generative AI results. The main ones that they showed in the demo were this sort of informational query, and also some about, you know, product selection. So another one was good bike for five mile uh, commute with hills. And this included a generative AI panel, which recommended specific products. Okay, so it looks like there's a combination here of informational searches and commercial searches, which are triggering this new AI panel. Now, there's been some talk about how Google is going to approach your money or your life keywords. And in an interview, someone from Google um, is saying that they are going to be very careful with your money or your life keywords. So you know, if you're asking, um, should I give my child Tylenol or things like this, they're going to be super careful with that. Because obviously, the risk of getting that wrong is, you know, really, really significant. So in those sorts of situations, they're going to be much more careful. Um, the uh, the Google explanation is just as our ranking systems are designed not to unexpectedly shock or offend with potentially harmful, hateful or explicit content, SGE, which is what they're calling this thing, search generative experience, is designed not to show such content 
content in its responses. That's a pretty bland answer. But basically, they're not going to be mucking around when it comes to telling you investment recommendations and stuff like this. They're going to be playing it really safe with those types of things. Now let's talk about the websites that are being referenced. Because like I said earlier, there's been a bit of confusion about whether these are, um, you know, whether these are actually, you know, that Google is taking direct references from these websites, or whether they're just corroborating the information. When you first open the page, or when you first make the search, you see these three websites linked at the side of the panel, they are, as I said before, they are corroborating the information that's included. If you click to expand this whole generative AI panel, you get a new screen, which then breaks down some of the statements in the generative AI answer, and again, links to other websites. Now this looks like, again, it looks like it's referencing particular information on those websites, but actually it's not. Word from Google is it is corroborating, so it's showing websites that corroborate or confirm the information that it's showing in the generative AI answer. So the answer is coming from the generative AI, not from the websites. Now, of course, one of the big criticisms of Google over the years and specifically recently has been that it is trying to basically piggyback on the content that websites and publishers are putting out there and display that directly in the search results so that visitors never need to visit the website, basically choking off the publishers by publishing their content directly in search results. And I've got to say the crescendo of criticism is really, really increasing. Uh, there was a there was an article published on Futurism this week. And the headline is Google unveils plans to demolish the journalism industry using AI, this could change everything. The criticism is so strong that you know Google is not trying to send traffic to websites anymore. Google just wants to keep you in the search results page because then it can monetize you with ads. And I've got to say, looking at the demos, it looks incredibly likely that we are going to see a drop in informational search traffic to websites. Now, for businesses that have used driving informational traffic to generate leads and to generate sales and to generate email signups, this is going to hurt them. This is going to hurt their bottom line for sure. You know, we looked at the HubSpot case study recently, and we saw how HubSpot produces loads and loads of different types of content on a wide ranging number of topics. And their game plan, their marketing plan here is to attract informational search queries, get people on their website, and then sign them up to use HubSpot's tools. Well, a whole proportion of that search is now going to be staying in Google where Google can serve generative AI answers to that traffic, and it never needs to visit the HubSpot website. So this is a big criticism. Now, Google in the announcement seemed quite keen to try and counter that objection by showing that visitors will still visit websites. In the demo, they showed, you know, oh, maybe you want to go into more detail where you can click on one of these websites, or maybe you just want to go to the regular 10 blue links where you can click on one of these websites. It remains to be seen what happens to informational search traffic and I cannot wait for us to start getting the data back from Bing Webmaster Tools and Google Search Console to see what sorts of traffic volumes we're getting from these sorts of generative AI questions and how overall informational search traffic trends change. But I do suspect this is going to see a decline in some informational search traffic. I don't think though this is all bad news for websites at all. Quite the opposite. One of the worst things for a lot of search marketers would actually be if Google and other search engines were to lose their position as the go-to resource for consumers that wanted to buy something. What Google has done here is they've essentially defended that 
first position, that, you know, top of mind uh, place where I think people are going to be much more likely to use Google. So actually, for marketers in the long run, this is more of a sort of status quo thing than it is a massive disruption to their workflows. There's another component of this whole AI thing, which is product recommendations. So I mentioned that they had a demo of um, a search for, uh, I think, uh, commuter bikes, good bike for five mile commute with hills. Now in this search result, you have Google shopping listings right at the top of the page. So ahead of the generative AI result, you then have the generative AI result, which has a bit of information, some suggestion of some of the criteria that you might want to evaluate. And then it has some product listings underneath. Now these product listings things come from Google's shopping graph. If you don't know Google's shopping graph, it's basically it's a combination of the shopping feed that merchants upload through Merchant Center with Google's own sort of AI powered insight that it collects about all of the products that are, uh, you know, across the internet. And what it does is it combines all of this information so that it knows, you know, where products are being stocked, how much stock is, you know, how much stock each retailer has, up to date pricing info, reviews and stuff like this. So Google is pulling through some of this and it looks like these are being displayed organically. So these are organic recommendations inside the generative AI answer. I'm sure we will see options for, uh, you know, paid inclusion in this list as well. But right now, organic product listings are going to be a key battleground for businesses that are e-commerce because you know, having the AI recommend your product for you and sell your product to consumers is an incredibly compelling idea. So what do we think is going to be the ranking factor here? Well, it looks like if it's anything like, you know, existing Google organic shopping results, then it's going to be the same sorts of stuff. So optimizing product title and description, of course, making sure that the data is pulling through correctly on your merchant feed, making sure, you know, your product titles, your product descriptions and all that stuff is, you know, is is correct. Um, getting plenty of positive reviews, particularly if those reviews contain your target keywords. And of course, getting inbound links uh, pointing at your product pages as well. So that's informational. That's uh, commercial search. What about ads? How are ads going to change? Well, in the demos that we've seen, we can see that there are shopping ads at the top of the page. So above some of the generative AI um, searches, I wouldn't be surprised if Google continues to put regular Google search ads above the generative AI component as well. We didn't see any of that in the demos as far as I can remember. But then we were looking mainly at searches which wouldn't have actually generated or ordinary search ads anyway. Google has produced a PDF uh, sort of announcement with the with the demo and they explain that, and again, this is a quote, as search applies the power of generative AI, search ads will continue to play a critical role. They serve as additional sources of useful information while helping people discover millions of businesses online with SGE, that's the search generative experience, terrible name for it, uh, but search ads will continue to appear, that wasn't in the quote by the way, search ads will continue to appear in dedicated ad slots throughout the page. In this new experience, advertisers will continue to have the opportunity to reach potential customers along their search journey. We'll test and evolve the ads experience as we learn more. Okay, now is Google gonna kill its cash cow, the search ads business? Incredibly unlikely. Remember that, um, let me find the stats, 80% uh, of Google's total revenue is ads and 60% of Google's ad revenue is search ads. So there is no way that Google isn't building search ads into these 
generative AI answers. There is just absolutely no way. So what I suspect we'll see is that Google will start rolling out this SGE thing to early testers, see how they use it, and they'll be split testing different ad display methods to see what gets the best click-through rate, you know, what gets the best purchase rate, and then they'll be rolling that out and, and you know, testing it over time. So ads will be a big thing. And I think what we might see it with this whole rollout is particularly if websites have lost some of their informational traffic as a result of this, I would expect that some advertisers and some marketers will be pushing into ads as a way of trying to sort of counteract some of those traffic drops. Now, before we move into the second announcement uh, from Google, what does all of this mean for businesses? How should marketers adapt their SEO strategies to take care of all of this sort of uh, AI stuff that Google is, is embedding in its search results? Well, first thing, let's not get too disappointed about Google looking to keep searches on Google rather than on websites. This has been the trend for a long time. And those of us who've worked in search for a long time have seen this coming, you know, with featured snippets with knowledge panels. Remember when I think we said in a recent video, there used to be a whole industry a whole, of websites that provided the weather for people. Well, now if you go on Google and you type what's the weather you get the weather in the knowledge panel, right? This is just the way that Google goes. And as it does these things, it wipes out a whole tranche of businesses which were designed to provide that service. This is the direction that Google goes in. But I don't think that this is a dramatic, terrible loss for people, even if, you know, they're used to getting informational traffic to their website. I do think that a lot of publishers and sites that purely monetize information are going to be affected. Um, maybe not health related sites, but sites which, you know, compile recipes and um, uh, uh, maybe sort of uh, not non your money or your life information topics, they are going to be affected for sure. But for the majority of businesses, this won't be, you know, a dramatic hit to the bottom of the line to the to the bottom line. There are two ways to counter this loss of traffic, really. The first way, of course, is getting your website featured as one of the websites that people can dig deeper in. Right? Remember, we've got that generative AI panel at the top with the text in, and then you've got these three websites which are linked at the top. And if people expand the panel, there's a whole bunch of other websites in there that people can click on to find more information. So getting your website referenced up here will be important and may even increase your organic traffic from Google. Think about it. Whereas before when you're competing in the ordinary search results, you've got 10 other competitors and then a whole bunch of other pages. In this generative AI section, you've only got three competitors, or you've only got two competitors if you're one of the sites, there's only three sites there. So it's a larger volume of, uh, you know, a larger volume of traffic with a, with a smaller number of, uh, of sites to, to be linked to. So how are you going to get picked up here? Well, this is going to be hugely about authority. If you watch the Google presentation, they're talking about authoritative, reputable sources of information. Those are the sites they want to show here. So this is going to be a big play on authority. Uh, and Google has referenced elsewhere, they're building on their authority and safety learnings from the, the decades that they've been working in search. So we know that that's going to mean inbound links, that's going to be really important, making sure your site has got lots of good quality, high authority inbound links, getting talked about online through things like digital PR, where you're getting featured in prominent publications. And you've heard us talk about, you know, doing digital PR in the podcast before, and there's a whole bunch of stuff on YouTube on our YouTube channel about this, it's going to be really important that you're publishing high quality content, of course. But what's also going to be super important is that that content demonstrates direct experience of the things that you're writing about. This was another thread that's been underlying Google's announcements for the last almost year now, which 
which is about having some sort of experience that the first E in EEAT. These are the sorts of sites that Google really wants to reward. This also ties into the second announcement, which we'll come back to in a second. But these things, right, you're thinking, okay, we need to have good quality content, we need to have lots of links. This is just good SEO. This is modern good quality SEO. So actually, the rules there haven't changed too much. The second way to benefit from all of this, of course, is if you're an e-commerce business or you sell product, getting your products recommended in the generative AI answers will mean that you can have AI doing your selling for you. You can have Google's Palm 2 model recommending your products based on the searcher's criteria. I mean, this is just fantastic. Again, here though, the rules aren't going to be different from doing good product SEO from the last few years. So this isn't like, oh, you need to change everything that you're doing. You need to tighten up your shopping feeds, make sure they're all accurate. And then you need to do good quality SEO, building lots of content around your product pages and getting links to them as well. So that's the first component of this. If that's not enough change, there's another uh, change to Google search engine, which I'm going to cover in just a second. But if you're listening to this thinking, wow, uh, the pace of change in marketing is quite terrifying, and it'll be really good to know where we stand and what sorts of opportunities we should be exploring, then the team here at Exposure Ninja have a free website and marketing review which can help you with this. All you need to do is go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review, put in your website, and we will analyze your website's performance across a range of different digital marketing channels. And we will outline what we think your priorities should be based on your competitor activity over the next six to 12 months to hit your marketing goals. If you have any questions about AI and how all of this stuff will change marketing, including, you know, using ChatGPT for content writing as well. You can talk to our team when we've done your review about all of this stuff. We will be happy to help. We love this stuff. We're totally obsessed. So go and get your uh, free website and marketing review from ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. And if you're eligible, you will receive it in usually two to three working days. Okay, all right, the, the next announcement then, this is um, something that's kind of interesting and almost like the opposite of the generative AI approach to Google search. So generative AI got loads of coverage. Um, and then this other thing just sort of slipped under the radar, almost like it popped in through the back door and just no one's really noticed it. Um, and it's called perspectives. This perspectives feature there's very little information about it. Google has um, uploaded a blog post which talks about it and there's a little demo. And here's how the demo works, right? Someone has searched on Google uh, how to make friends in a new city, which is the sort of search that, um, I don't know, it's the sort of search, it's very informational, right? You'd expect to see blogs and, you know, knowledge sites and that type of thing. Maybe the odd Reddit thread or Quora thread and things like this. Well, there's actually been when this person searches, they see a little filter at the top called perspectives. And when they click this filter, instead of seeing regular search results, what they see is a whole bunch of short form vertical videos. This is a, this is on a mobile search, as well as some um, posts from sites like Reddit from Quora, and yeah, lots of lots of different Reddit threads and um, some website, uh, you know, forums and, and discussion boards as well. And this is Google's new perspective thing. So what they've said is that in some searches where it'd be useful to see individual perspectives that have firsthand experience of things, you'll be able to see user generated content, which is long and short form video written posts on discussion and Q&A sites. So think like Reddit and Quora, social media posts and images. So as well as 
Accessing this through the perspectives filter, Google will also be building this into their main search results. So I think we can expect to see a perspectives panel, if you like, a little bit like in some searches you get, uh, you know, searches also asked or, you know, the, the, you know, the common questions where you get those accordion drop downs of different questions that people have. So Google are going to be building this into main search results for some queries. Now in the release for this, Google says, why are we doing this? Um, helpful information can often live in unexpected or hard to find places. A comment in a forum thread, a post on a little known blog or an article with unique expertise on a topic. Our helpful content ranking system will soon show more of these hidden gems on search, particularly when we think they'll improve the results. All right, this is super interesting because like I say, this is almost the opposite of the generative AI thing, which is taking all of the information on the entire internet, sort of condensing it and trying to come up with uh, an individual but generic response to that question. When instead, what we're seeing here is like, we just want one person's perspective on this, or we want a whole bunch of different one persons, but we can then just flick through and see individuals ideas and individual creators ideas. So as a business, how do you take advantage of this? Is this even relevant to you? Well, I think it really could be because this might be depending on how popular it is, this could be a really good source of not just traffic, but recommendations. Now, reading between the lines of what Google said about this, it doesn't look like you're going to be getting your website ranked in this section, unless you're running a discussion board or something like that. You're not going to be getting your website ranked in here. And you know, when you search for best phone case to buy, you're going to be getting your phone case company ranked at the top with some, you know, <laughs> answer. Oh, this is a really great phone case that we make. It doesn't look like that. This looks like things where um, individuals on social platforms, particularly like YouTube shorts and TikTok, that kind of thing. This is a great way of searching those types of things. My feeling is that this is Google's response to TikTok becoming a more popular search engine. So it's sort of trying to replicate that experience, but not just showing TikTok and short form videos like YouTube Shorts, also showing long form videos and, you know, discussion posts as well. I think this is a fantastic product. And if you have products that get recommended by people, I think this could be a really key battleground for you. Imagine someone searching for, you know, whatever, let's use one of the other sites, uh, best bike for a five kilometer commute with hills. And you go to the perspectives tab and you see people doing a review of their e-bike. Well, that's really compelling, isn't it? Because that is a personal recommendation, which we know is, you know, hugely motivational to make a purchase because it's in short form video form. It's very, very, you know, very easy to buy into that type of thing. So I would be thinking about do your customers post video reviews of your product or service, particularly on short form video, particularly on TikTok and YouTube shorts, as they seem to be the main sites that are pulling through here. If not, can you encourage them to? Do your customers publish about you, write about you on forums, sites like Reddit and Quora, discussion boards and things like that? If not, can you encourage them to do so? This looks like a great battleground. I'm really looking forward to seeing how this fight plays out. Obviously, it remains to be seen how often Google is going to be using the perspectives uh, feature, how many searches it's going to give that filter to, how many searches and how prominently it's going to display in the ordinary search results. But if this becomes popular, then it could become the antidote to somewhat 
vanilla generative AI content for those who really would prefer to learn about individual human experiences with businesses. And not to get too woo-woo here, but I think there is a real potential danger with all of the generative AI stuff that we all become a little bit uh, immune or resistant to AI-generated content. It has that feeling to it, doesn't it? So if we do see that, if we do see that sort of pattern emerging, this type of thing could be a fantastic answer antidote to it, which means that it could be quite a popular feature. So it's kind of interesting that Google's released this generative AI thing and then almost simultaneously sort of released the complete opposite total antidote to it. But either way, this looks like something that could be a key battleground of the future, so it's worth focusing on. All right then, summarizing, is Google back? Is Google back? Is Google out of the woods? Is it back in the AI wars? Has it overtaken OpenAI? Well, investors seem to think so. The share price is up quite significantly. Google's share price has been knocked. It was knocked with ChatGPT. Um, it was knocked again with uh, Bing Chat being released. They also released Bard on the same day and it failed in its demo and wiped like $10 billion off it, uh, its valuation. It actually saw a slight increase when ChatGPT when GPT-4 was announced, but the increase following uh, the announcements this week about um, its generative AI and search have been much more significant. So that's really encouraging for Google, and I'm inclined to agree with this perspective. I think as someone who's worked in SEO now for 12 years, I think Google has done enough with these announcements and with its search engine to defend itself from ChatGPT, Bing Chat, and all that group of uh, potential AI threats. I think this will be enough to keep Google searches on Google. I think it will be enough to take some of the searchers who'd started to stray into ChatGPT and bring them back into Google because actually this search is way more powerful, the fact that it can use internet and it can, you know, reference websites and all that type of stuff. I've not been particularly convinced with Bing Chat at all, to be honest, and it hasn't made its way into anyone I know's you know, day-to-day -day workflow. So I think this is the product that Google needed to release. For us as marketers, this means our focus is still on Google, it's still on ranking on Google, and it's still on using these new tools to our advantage. Remember, your competitors are going to be asleep, they're not going to know that these things have come until they're rolling out. So you need to be up to date, you need to be making sure that you're building the authority to your website, continuing to build high authority links, making sure you're publishing the best content that you possibly can, making sure other other people are talking about you across the internet, particularly in short form video, if you are a product company, and you need to be embracing all of this stuff full on eyes wide open. Now I hope you found this useful. If you have any questions at all, you could always drop me an email tim at exposureninja.com. Let me know if you disagree with anything in this. Let me know if you've got any other ideas or any specific questions for your business. Always happy to help. Until next week, see you soon.